Staying with the practice I've adopted from the Orthodox Church, let me start off by asking forgiveness from those I have sinned against, hurt, or harmed. This is not just a rope practice. Instead, it relates very directly and in an important way today's sermon. The Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a child of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Lord, free us from our bondage today. Bondage weighs heavily on my mind today. A couple weeks ago, I saw the movie Traces of the Trade at St. Paul's Wallingford. It is a movie about the role people from New England played in the slave trade. The DeWolf family in Rhode Island was one of the largest slave trading families in America. And the people from around New England participated in and benefited from their trading. Slave trading is nothing new. In the Hebrew scriptures, we know the story of Joseph's brothers selling him into slavery. And slavery has continued throughout the ages. 400 years ago today, the slave ship San Juan Batista was attacked by the English privateer ship, the White Lion. Around 20 Africans were taken from the ship and 400 years ago today, they were brought to Point Comfort, Virginia, beginning the enslavement of Africans in the Americas. When confronted by the leader of the synagogue about healing on the Sabbath, Jesus responds by putting his action in the context of freeing people from bondage. We need to read this in the context of Jesus's criticism of Pharisees of Pharisees that place heavy loads on people's burdens. Blue laws have been a more recent way for religious leaders to place burdens on people's shoulders. Even as recently as seven years ago, you could not buy alcohol in the state of Connecticut on Sundays. Now, there is an enormous difference between not being able to buy alcohol on Sundays and being sold into slavery. Yet Walter Brueggemann, in his book, Sabbath is Resistance, draws an interesting and important connection. It is all about the kind of God we choose to serve. The God of Sabbath is a God that rests a God that calls us to rest. This 
is in stark contrast to Pharaoh. Brueggemann talks about Pharaoh's system, how it was designed to produce more and more surplus, resulting in more need for storage units, in turn generating more need for bricks with which to construct them. Pharaoh could not store enough surplus wealth. So he enslaved the people of Israel to help him expand his surplus. Likewise, slave traders and plantation owners could not get enough surplus wealth. So they enslaved others. We see the same thing happening today as the ultra-wealthy gather excess surplus at the expense of the rest of us. And it isn't just about wealth. It is also about power. The leader of the synagogue didn't want his power diminished by being upstaged by an itinerant preacher. Blue laws help maintain the power of the church as a dominant social institution. This gathering and holding on to power and wealth remains a significant part of our culture today. We anxiously stand our ground lest others get more than we do. Sabbath, Brueggemann suggests, it's about giving up the worship of false gods like power and wealth and instead worshiping a God who calls us to rest. And God calls us to do more than just seek rest for ourselves. Jesus set the woman free from her bondage, and we are called to help set those around us free from their bondage, that they too might be able to rest. The first stop, first step, is to stop worshiping gods of power, of, uh, I just lost my place. Um, the first step is to stop worshiping gods of power and money which enslave us and through us enslave those around us. A second step is to speak up against the oppression of others caused by the quest for wealth and power. This can be a frightening step. Yet just as God told Jeremiah not to be afraid of speaking up, God tells us the same thing. We need to speak up about centuries of oppression of people of color in our country. We need to speak up about how the desire to accumulate surplus wealth continues to harm people today. We need to speak up about how this desire not only harms people, but also harms the environment. We can start 
by confessing our sins. We need to recognize that those who freely came over from Europe and their descendants have benefited at the expense of those who were brought to this country as slaves from Africa and their descendants. We need to recognize how these benefits continue to this very day. We need to talk about how we recognize and challenge the racism embedded in the very structures of our society. When we confess our sins a little later in the service, when we say we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves, I invite all of us to think about our roles in structural racism. When we talk about the things we've left undone, I invite all of us to think about the times we failed to confront structural racism. When we've let a racist joke or a microaggression pass by unchallenged. To those who suffer from the results of structural racism, I confess I have not done enough to confront structural racism, and I ask your forgiveness. Finally, remember, confessing is not enough. It must be followed by amendment of life. It must be followed by actions. True, I expect we will all still see microaggressions, hear racist jokes, or experience casual racism in our daily lives and not always remember or be bold enough to speak up and say something. We will all need to return to church again and again to confess our sins and renew our commitment to acting out our love of our neighbors. Jeremiah was challenged to speak truth to power. Jesus spoke truth to power in healing on the Sabbath and setting people free from their bondage. We must do the same. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.